People use their credit card all the time and not always fully understanding that they're being charged when they do this. Inside Canada, everywhere except Quebec, businesses can now charge a fee to consumers who use a credit card. I'm Gabe Friedman, and this week on Down to Business, I spoke to Lawrence Ashworth, a professor at the Smith School of Business at Queen's University, whose research focuses on consumer behavior about credit cards. So here's what's going on. Credit cards could always charge a fee, a percentage of your total bill, to merchants. And as part of a class action settlement earlier this year, merchants now have the option of passing on that fee to you, the consumer. This is already happening in some places, and in some places it'll happen soon because of notices that merchants need to provide to credit card companies and maybe notice they want to provide to the consumer. In any case, you may see this on a receipt one day, itemized, a charge, because you used a credit card. Ashworth spoke to me about what this transparency means and about the business of credit cards and more. As always, the interview is edited for clarity and brevity. Lawrence, thank you so much for coming on Down to Business today to talk with me. You're very welcome. Nice to be here. You're a professor at Smith School of Business who focuses on consumer behavior and Credit card fees have been in the news recently because they're going up. Let's start from basics. What's happening? If I pay for my groceries with a credit card, is there already or is there going to be some kind of secret charge in there? Yeah, so there is a charge in there, and that is currently embedded in the prices. So every time you make a purchase on your credit card, the merchant is going to be charged a fee by Visa or MasterCard or whoever. In Canada, the average is that it's about 1.5%. It, it varies across businesses, but they're, they're going to be charged that. Consumers almost never see that. In fact, up until this point, they haven't really been allowed to see it, but it is there. So how is this being communicated to consumers? You said up until this point, they haven't been allowed to see it. What do you mean? Yeah, that's that's right. So as part of the agreement uh, businesses have with Visa and MasterCard, they're not allowed to add on a surcharge for that fee, or they haven't been allowed to add on a surcharge for that fee. And that's that's actually quite typical sort of internationally. Most countries, you don't see the fee added. And in fact, just as an aside, in the UK, a few years ago, they actually government banned adding on this surcharge. We've gone in exactly the opposite direction now in Canada. And that's that's what's just changed is that as a result of the class action settlement, one of the things that businesses can now do is they can separate out that particular charge. It's called an interchange fee. And so they can add it on to the price of whatever you're purchasing if you're using a credit card. And so will they sort of say your Apple costs $5 and you just paid for it with a credit card, so it's actually going to cost you $6? Yeah, it wouldn't be that high. Okay. <laughs> it would uh, typically be a, a percent. I believe that the merchants are not allowed to charge more than the actual interchange fee. That was one of the issues in the UK is that uh, supposedly merchants were charging more than the actual interchange fee. But yeah, they, it will be a percentage and you'll just see for those businesses that choose to do it, it's not compulsory. Businesses have the option. They will just like when we add tax, you'll see a percentage fee added and that will be an additional charge for using your credit card. And they'll communicate this to you somehow. I assume so. Yes. I mean, th this is one of the things that I think 
uh, retailers are struggling with is how to do that, how to communicate it in a way that doesn't just upset customers. Uh, I mean, of course, <laughs> ultimately, they have to communicate it because you will see that it's tacked on there in the final price before you sort of agree to the credit card purchase. But whether or not they communicate it more broadly, you know, on entering the store or on the website or whatever it is, I think that will be down to individual merchants. I see. And do you have a prediction about how this is going to play out? Yeah, I, I have some predictions. The, you know, one of the things that's happened is a few organizations have sort of done surveys of businesses to find out what they're planning on doing. And right now, it sort of looks like most businesses are either not really sure or they're, they're, they're not planning on doing it, or they're just sort of going to wait to see what everyone else is doing. There's a lot of uncertainty there. My guess is that many businesses are going to choose not to uh, have an itemized surcharge, that they're going to continue to incorporate the, the fee that they pay into prices. And I think that stems from uncertainty, fear in some ways about negative reactions from consumers. Something which I think they can potentially avoid if it's done in the right way, but I also suspect there's a lot of uncertainty about how to go about doing that. Yeah. What would be the right way in your opinion? Okay. There's a few things to it. This is, I mean, anytime you add a surcharge and you can probably just intuit this, it's a negative. I mean, you you know, it's not it's not a good thing. People, <laughs> you sort of separate out this additional cost, and people react negatively to that. And there's lots of research that's consistent with that. And in fact, by splitting up charges, you t it turns out you actually increase the total level of pain that people experience in relation to the price. Whereas when you bundle them, you can actually decrease some of that pain. That's one of the the reasons people choose to use credit cards anyway. But the key here is, so on the one hand, that's going to happen. You're going to sort of increase people's pain. The question is, can you do that in a way where they're not attributing that pain to the business? The businesses want people to recognize this is a cost, not that they're charging, but that credit cards are charging, and therefore it shouldn't be attributed to the business. And so one option for doing this, which I strongly suspect they're not going to do, but which I think would deal with it, there are, there are other options, but, but one of the main ones would be to lower prices by the amount of the interchange fee and then add the interchange fee on to those who are using a credit card and everyone else pays the lower price. Huh. And more importantly, communicate that to customers, communicate that this has been done because otherwise they may not notice the, the price reduction. And I think that would do a pretty good job. Um, but as I said, it's only one option. I think a lot of consumers would wonder why they're even being assessed a fee from a credit card company when the credit card companies make money from the interest that gets paid if you don't pay on time. That's right. Credit card companies make money from a number of different places. So the interest that they charge is one of them. They also charge, in some cases, annual fees. And then the third source is that they charge these interchange fees. So, And that, that is their business model. They, they basically they have revenue from a number of different sources. And that's been quite successful for them. One of the things it's enabled them to do is sort of present their offering to customers at a superficially lower price. So when a consumer makes a decision about a credit card, you know, they tend to be thinking about things like the annual fee, the rewards they're going to get. They may factor in the interest rate. I think many of us are overly optimistic about our ability to avoid paying that. 
um, you get that grace period of nearly a month. And I think most of us take out credit cards assuming we're going to pay off our monthly balance in full each month. And of course, many people, perhaps the majority of people do not, and they start in, incurring these exorbitant interest fees. But despite all of that, we're still not fully accounting for the cost of the credit cards. And that, I think, is a sort of a very deliberate strategy on credit card companies' part. They put some of those fees onto the merchant. Uh, and what that means is, to the extent that consumers aren't accounting for them, they're more likely to choose to use credit cards because the costs to them don't appear as high as they actually are. All right. It's interesting. You said before that the average fee in Canada today was around one and a half percent. Yes. I read that it can be as high as two and a half percent in Canada and that I have heard that in Canada, we pay higher fees to credit card companies, consumers do and small businesses do than virtually any other country in the world. And that's everywhere in Canada, with the exception of Quebec, which has strong consumer protection laws. Why are there no stronger consumer protection laws in the rest of Canada? Well, I mean, there's, there's a few few things going on there. Yeah, sorry, um, it's a long question. <laughs> yeah, no, no. That's uh, one of the things is the the question of why are Canadian fees higher? And in fact, that was really the the basis for the class action settlement was that you know the, the companies had conspired to kind of elevate fees in in Canada. The truth is they're not substantially lower in the U.S. They are lower on average, but it's about one percent. But the question of can you just disallow organizations from charging these things is really a sort of disguises the issue. Like one way or another, people are paying those fees, maybe not directly as fees, but if you take them away, if you if you restrict the percentage that, that credit card companies can can charge as an interchange fee, that money is coming from somewhere else. It'll, you know, in the annual fees or the interest rates or somewhere. You can't sort of step in with legislation in one area and expect to fundamentally change the profit structure of, of the organization. If the market will bear it, they're going to make that money somewhere. You know, I know we often think about coming in and legislating directly, but it's not going to actually change anything in this instance. The issue we have in Canada is there's just not enough competition. Huh. And that's where those, why those fees are as they are. Now we're going to pause a minute for a short break. And when you say there's not enough competition, credit card companies, they're enormously profitable. Why isn't there credit union or why aren't small businesses stepping up? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say credit card are, they're almost like a utility sort of function. I remember during the pandemic, there were a lot of businesses that stopped accepting cash at the very beginning. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that is testament to their success. They've been enormously successful at getting people to use credit cards. And of course, once they have a critical mass of people using the credit cards, then they're an enormously important method of payment for organizations. And it sort of builds on itself. Huh. You know, the value for an organization of accepting credit cards is, is simply because so many people have the same credit card, have a Visa credit card or a MasterCard credit card. It's not obvious to me where the equilibrium is, but it's almost certainly going to be a, a relatively small number of providers in this instance. And I think we'll, we'll move that way until we start to see you know, technology that allows for more competition, but still facilitates payment. So we'll get there. And in countries like the US, I think you know they've always had a little more competition in that regards when it comes to credit cards. They're a bigger country, there's more providers there's less legislation around it, more people in the market. 
one of the benefits for them is that they pay slightly lower interchange fees. But I think it's testament to their own success about getting people to adopt credit card use. It would seem that way. A lot of people, I think, get credit cards through their banks. Either they use their debit card, which has a credit card function on it. That's right. Or they get a separate credit card from their bank. What is the relationship between credit cards, banks, businesses, and consumers? Is it easy to sort of untangle? <laughs> um, <laughs> not for me. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of stuff going on there. I mean, Visa is a, they're using, you know, they're using that same technology, that same method of payment. Uh, it doesn't have to revolve around credit. So in, in essence, the way of thinking about it is there's sort of two things bundled in one with a credit card. You've got the payment method, and then you've got the fact that the organization, the business is extending credit to you at the same time. But it doesn't have to work that we can use the visa payment method um, and have it directly debited from your bank account. And that's what a visa debit card is doing. You know, the facilitative element of it is the visa part of it. And that's what the value to customers is and organizations is that you know that with that card, you can, you can pay in many, many places. And organizations know that if they accept that, there are many, many consumers who will choose to use it. And so they care less about whether that credit or debit. The credit side of things is obviously being useful to consumers. I mean, you can see that just the fact they, they choose to use it because it sort of consolidates our purchases. It means we can, can manage our finances a little easier. There are some benefits to us. And that initially was the only form of visa payment you could adopt was the, with credit. But now that's extended. I see. So it is a bit of a sort of network effect. All merchants accept Visa or MasterCard. Exactly. So there's a pretty high barrier for a new company to come in and try and gain, you know, acceptability or whatever you want to call it. That's exactly right. It's a, it's a network effect issue here. And then it needs to essentially be of a critical mass of people using it and accepting it. And then it's kind of self-perpetuating. It's also the reason American Express has had not had the same success in Canada because their interchange fees were so high that merchants stopped accepting it. You've probably seen places that say we don't accept American Express. Right. And so, you know, they've really struggled to create that network effect because of their very high interchange fees. What's crazy to me about this fee is that a lot of people have certain bills like their cell phone bill or their heating bill just set up to automatically pay with their credit card. And they may not know that they're getting charged 2% for that service at a time of rising inflation. Who's going to be affected by this primarily? Yeah, it's a great question. I think, you know, I have a slightly different perspective on it in the sense that, so in terms of who's paying it, first off, you know, it's, it's actually shared across those people who use credit cards and those people who are not using credit cards and don't cause those costs to be incurred. Those of us who pay with like cash or it's linked to our bank account, for example, if you're paying utilities. And just to be clear, you're saying everyone's bundled together when merchants cannot pass this or do not pass this fee on to only the credit card users, right? I mean, you're saying that when merchants just raise their prices to help offset the fee that the credit card companies charge them, then we all pay, even if you don't use a credit card. Right now, that's we're sort of all bundled together. And essentially what's happening is we're all sharing the cost of these credit card fees. So there's an argument there that it's not in entirely fair to do it that way anyway. Because companies have not been allowed to implement a surcharge, that's essentially how they've had to do it. And so what it means is the people who choose to use credit cards don't bear all of the costs of the credit card use. So that's actually one of the reasons I sort of feel quite favorably to the possibility of, of separating out these charges is it allows people to make a more informed decision. If you use a credit card, 
I know what the fee is, I can actually now make a better decision about whether that's the form of payment that I want to use. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's probably a good thing. And then, you know, kind of trying to cap credit card fees, which where it's not clear to me that's actually ultimately going to benefit customers or businesses is, is less important because what's more important is people make an informed decision. So, you know, you can charge me whatever you want on the interchange fee as long as I know that and then I can make a decision about whether I want to switch to something else. That to me is a better model than kind of having government step in and trying to artificially um, adjust the, the prices of credit cards. Huh. What is the impact going to be, say, on brick and mortar, small retail businesses? Well, I, I have to say, from what I've seen so far, is I'm I'm not sure a lot is going to change. So we're not going to see a change in the interchange fees. And and incidentally, just you know, using the UK as an example, it's not that they don't allow credit card companies to charge interchange fees. What they don't allow is merchant to itemize that fee. Which is, I actually find a slightly unusual decision, but so, so the, the fees still exist. But as I said, in, in Canada, I, what I predict is going to happen is that we won't see a lot because people are just very worried about how people will react to these itemized charges, which I think ultimately is probably not quite what we want. I think it would be one of the ways to get the charges down is to show to credit card companies that consumers aren't willing to incur these fees. They'll switch to other forms of payment. That's probably the quickest way you can get these fees down is by reducing demand for credit cards. Right. Uh, this is branching off for a second. Do you think we'll see any changes on the points systems to encourage more people to use credit cards? Well, I, um, it's quite possible. So, you know, if you think about the model now, you're attracted to credit cards for a couple of reasons. One is obviously it, it is a convenient form of payment. There's no, there's a real service there. But the other thing is the rewards and, um, when you make a credit card decision, if you're sort of using that as the basis for the decision, one of the things you're not really factoring in, this is the point I sort of talking about previously, is the actual cost of the credit card, the, the interchange fees. I mean, you're incorporating some of the costs, the interest rate, but, may, but not all of the, it. So if consumers start to become aware of these interchange fees and they start saying, you know, that it's just too high. I don't want to be paying 2.5%, 1.5% on, on every purchase just for a fee to use a credit card. One of the things, the ways that credit card companies can potentially deal with that is to increase the consumer's motivation, their enticement to use the credit cards in the first place. And one of the ways they can do it is by enhancing, by sort of emphasizing or even potentially increasing the rewards that they offer, because that's one of the big things that's drawing people in in the first place. So we might see that. That might be an outcome of this, is that we start to see more cards emphasizing and improving the rewards that they provide. Yeah. Yeah. I know like my reward system, funnily enough, I looked at it and it was like for every $10,000 I spend at the grocery store I shop at, I get $10 back. And that just seemed (laughs) way too low for me. So I stopped using it. Well, any sort of final thoughts of what's happening here, what to expect, how small businesses and consumers can respond? I hope one of the things that comes out of this is that people become a, a bit more aware of the interchange fees that are being charged and have previously just been completely invisible to customers. I predict that most companies are not going to itemize that charge. What I would ideally like to see is is some organizations at least making consumers more aware of that charge and doing so in a way, in, a, in an honest way, in, in essence, where they're basically saying, look, we, we can charge you lower prices and we will charge you lower prices if we don't have those fees. And they, they could do that, for example, by 
offering cash discounts or, or things, you know, things we sometimes see. I, I think that would be a better overall outcome in terms of consumer welfare, that we can make better decisions. And it might lead us to sort of a more appropriate interchange fees and credit card costs in the sense that the decision makers here, which in, in part are consumers deciding whether or not to use credit cards, can actually make more informed decisions about whether they really want to incur those costs for the services provided. Well, Lawrence, thank you so much for coming on the show to talk to me about this important topic for consumers and businesses and the economy. You're very welcome. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. That was Lawrence Ashworth, a professor at the Smith School of Business at Queen's University. Thank you to my guest and thank you to my listeners. Down to Business was a team effort. Bryce Hall composed and performed the original music, designed the logo for Down to Business, and executive produced this show. Pamela Heaven, Victoria Wells, and Noella Ovid provided web support and editing. I'm Gabe Friedman, and Down to Business will return next week. Until then, find all your business news at financialpost.com.